it's like even that energy, like I have to stay in the now, I have to stay in the present is forceful. Oh my God, I wasn't present. I have to stay present. And then I'm judging myself for not being present, which is then more resistance and more mental, like mind energy. I remember when I was in Bali with my forehead to the earth, praying, strip me, take it all, take everything. Like even saying it now brings emotions to my eyes. It's like, take it all. I'm tired, take it all. But I was ready to leave it all. So my question for you is, are you ready to leave it all? Are you ready to cut the chains from the past so you can live more openly because there's guards up where we feel stiff and we feel like we are going against the current but it's like how willing are you to let it all go how willing and ready are you to give it all up right not give up but give it all up Pablo Picasso once said, the first half of life is learning to be an adult, and the second half is learning to be a child. You're listening to Unsweetened and Unfiltered, the podcast, episode 31 of season three. If you can please do a quick favor for me, drop your shoulders, soften your forehead, unclench your jaw, now inhale deeply and exhale slowly. We can all agree that life has been an interesting ride these past few years has been extremely rough for some of us. And for others, it has given us the opportunity to finally come face to face with our fears, our worries, and most importantly, ourselves. Through our struggles, we found the love and the support that we needed. Through our darkest moments, we have found the answers we were longing for. And on this spiritual journey, we have found one another, a sisterhood like no other. But it's also okay if some of us still feel lost. But if by chance, this podcast has provided you a sense of clarity or community, that I'm forever indebted to Allah for this simple reason. This platform has saved me more times than I can count. It was a lifeline that was gifted to me in the most critical chapters of my life, the chapter of self-reckoning. I want to thank you all, but what is the value of my thank you when what I have received from this community is more than I had ever imagined? A community that lovingly chose to stand by my side on my personal journey of healing and loving myself again. A journey of reconnecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so today's special guest is a dear friend of mine, someone whom you've all met before, and her name is Sarah Lucchetti. She was this season's opener, and it only felt right to have her close out the season too. SubhanAllah how life always comes full circle, that everything I have resisted this past year, I have now learned how to embrace. I simultaneously have all the words and no words to describe who Sarah is. And if you ask her, she'll simply say, I'm human. But if I were to describe how she makes me feel, that's a whole other story. She is a sister for life, a kind and genuine soul, and someone who has embraced me with the love that I needed. And when I say that sisterhood is powerful, I truly mean it. And so in today's episode, we discuss how our heart feels these days. And what is it trying to tell us? Especially since our emotions are the language and messengers of our hearts. Sarah guides us through the concept of letting go of expectations, and instead of drowning in what-ifs, we instead live in what is. How do we live a life of accepting instead of a life with balled up fists ready to fight any change or hardship that comes our way? Recently, I've also shared how I've transitioned from traditional therapy to seeking Sarah's services, which specifically focuses on heart work. I want to take a quick moment to say thank you to our teachers, our therapists, our loved ones who have helped us on this journey, who have stood by our side through the most difficult of times, and who have shown us how strong we truly are. 
This past week, I had a very emotional and heart-awakening session with Sarah. It honestly felt like she was holding a mirror up to myself, and I actually had to come face-to-face with who I am, all that I've overcome, and what it is that truly is tugging at my heart. And it was an emotional release that I truly needed. And I would love for others to also experience this, because I know there's a lot that we are holding on to. There's a lot that we also need to release. So Sarah's actually generously gifting us 15% off if you decide to book a session with her. All you have to do is just use the promo code UNFILTERED. Lastly, thank you to every guest and every listener, every kind word and every piece of advice that was gifted to me. Like I said, words don't do our feelings any justice sometimes. So for now, all I can say is, I will forever keep you all in my du'as. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. Honestly, for the life of me, I can't wrap my mind around the fact that we're in December. We're approaching 2022 when it was just yesterday you and I had our first conversation. It was our season opener. I hit that record button and we spilled everything that was on our hearts. We just had so much hope for this year. We want to start out on a good foot. And now fast forward, we're approaching the end of the year and we want to, of course, end it on a good note. And I would love for you to introduce yourself, but I do know that a lot of our listeners know who you are. They really resonate with that first episode. But I want to note that who we were at the beginning of the year actually can be completely different than who we are right now. We've grown so much. We've learned so much. We've overcome a lot and there's still so much more to learn, but I would love for you to reintroduce yourself and we can get right into it. Beautiful. First and foremost, I'm so grateful to be on this podcast once again. The work that you do, the conversations that you have, so authentic, so beautiful, and so needed. To reintroduce myself, I am Sarah. Just like every listener, I am a human first and foremost, always. I can't stop thinking about what you said about how we started the year in January, and now here we are in December. And it goes to show how quickly time goes. And also how much we can evolve and change in such a short amount of time if we are willing to look at ourselves and are committed to our own growth. So I'm excited for this conversation to kind of see where it flows and what comes up and what we discuss. How I work is I know that everything that is needing to be said will be said and those needing to receive it will receive it. I love that. That's like probably the best way to start this conversation. You know, when we were speaking offline and when we were catching up, I was asking you about Bali because that's where we left you off is you're getting ready for your trip to Bali and you have so much hope and aspirations for this trip. And but yet you're very welcoming in regards to whatever happens with this trip happens. But I would love to know, you know, what did Bali mean to you? And did you receive what you've been seeking when you went on this trip to Bali? Bali was everything that I needed. This year taught me that I can't plan anything. Uh, Every plan that I had, every intention that I set, everything that actually happened in my life was a complete opposite. There's a place and time for intention, but I noticed this year and what I realized and learned this year is using the word intention actually created inner tension. When I was seeking, I wasn't able to accept what was and what is that this year actually I don't want to use the word force, but this year forced me to accept what is, not what I want, not what I'm expecting, not what I think should happen, but what simply is. And what I realized in that as uncomfortable as we perceive it to be, it's the key to our happiness. It's the key to our fulfillment because we are flowing 
with the rhythm of life as opposed to fighting it. It's like being in a canoe or a kayak and going against the current. You're going to tip, you're going to fall. And even when you're going with the current, you might tip and you might fall, but at least you're with the current and you know that you are held. You know, it's interesting because you said you don't want to use the word forced. And I feel like when I think of the word forced, I think of resistance. And naturally, at least for myself, I don't want to speak on behalf of anyone else, but naturally I feel like I do resist a lot. I resist change. I resist the unknown. I resist any moment of uncomfortability, I guess. But it's this weird relationship because I know what I'm resisting is right for me. So why do I still resist it? And when we say we want something, we know that it means that we're limiting ourselves. But do you mind kind of like delving deep into that when it comes to you personally, how you feel about the idea of like when you say you want something versus knowing what you need, it means that, you know, you're just creating these limiting beliefs for yourself. You're also limiting yourself. Why is it that we resist so much, even though we know that the other side of resistance means we're going to get what we really truly need in order for us to truly grow while we're here as spiritual beings? First piece to that, the first part of question, when I don't like to use the word force, because it, it has a negative connotation, right? But sometimes in life, when we are not learning a lesson, we get pushed into it. We get pushed into into the water. It's like, you might want to dip your toes and life is like, uh-uh, you're going right in. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes, most of the times, that's exactly what you need to open your eyes. That's exactly what you need to accept what is because you don't have control. It's like if you get thrown in the water, you got to figure it out. You got to start moving your feet. You got to start swimming somehow in some way where you don't have the time to think about how am I going to do this? You just go with whatever is happening in that moment. So when it comes to resistance, I look at resistance as our compass. When I see resistance appear, that's my way through. And yet we avoid it because it is uncomfortable. Well, you can't grow in your comfort zone. So of course, resistance can appear. It's like if you look at trends versus trendsetters, before something becomes a trend, there's trendsetters. And what happens with trendsetters? They get they get met with resistance. I, I always think about Crocs, right? Like Crocs are so big nowadays, but years ago, people were making fun of people wearing Crocs. Like these are so ugly. <laughs> I come back from Bali. I'm like, yo, everyone has Crocs. So going back to that, it's like the trendsetter is always going to get met with resistance. So as you are taking a step out of your comfort zone, you're going to get met with resistance. If there is an area for growth, you're going to get met with resistance. If you're doing a creative project, you're going to get met with resistance. I'm sure before you started this podcast, you had a lot of resistance. And as you were within your first year, I'm sure you were met with a lot of doubt, a lot of procrastination, a lot of I can't do this, right? Oh, yes. And that is your way through because all of those thoughts, all of this resistance, whose is it? Like, whose is it? Is it is it yours? Is it mine? Is it society's? Whose voice is that? So the resistance is our way through. And resistance can show up as many things. Sometimes it's our own thoughts. Like sometimes you have an idea and when you think too much about it, you think yourself out of it. And also it can come in the form of family and friends, right? Because family and friends know you as a specific version of yourself that they don't want to see you change because they know that version of you. And that kind of brings us back into knowing. When we know something, we only know what we know, which is limited. But when we actually allow ourselves to go into the unknown, which is that space of resistance, because we don't know what's on the other side of that. All we see is, oh my God, resistance, let me run away from it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Oh my God, this is uncomfortable. Let me like look the other way. But what's on the other side? What is on the other side of that? And what I've come to learn this year is there's so much 
beauty through it and on the other side of it. It's like, this is the first time where I'm like, oh my God, I love the unknown. Before I used to run from it, be afraid of it. But this year brought me into a space of, girl, you can't plan. Every time you plan, things go the complete opposite. So let's just embrace and let's just allow and see what happens. And I've been surprised so much this year in such awe of the beauty in this moment, like the beauty in life as it is, right? It's like when we look at nature, we're so in awe of nature because it just does what it does. We just allow it. Like I've noticed with myself when I say, I want this, I'm limiting what is possible because I don't even know what is possible, right? And this year has showed me like things can come out of nowhere. You can meet the most beautiful people. You can see signs, synchronicities, all of these things happen when we're in a space of allowing and accepting, where when we're seeking and searching and trying to fit things, fit puzzle pieces in places they don't belong, we're missing the whole picture. Like we're missing the bigger picture and we're missing the details. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. You know what, Sarah, honestly, like fun fact, and I'm not exaggerating. I always listen to our episode every time like I have like a moment of self-doubt, any moment that I feel like I'm transitioning to the next stage of my life, because that episode, which was like the season opener, there was just not only there was just so much gems, it's just the feeling of just like being heard and being understood. And you talking about us as being spiritual beings, because a lot of times we get in our heads of us just being in this physical world, as physical beings, as human beings and whatnot, that I was kind of like disconnected from my spiritual side. And you said something along the lines of tapping into what is beyond this physical experience and what is deeper within ourselves. How has this manifested for you? How have you connected further to your spiritual side? You know, And, and what has it shown you this year? I'm just having a moment because it's so interesting to hear you recite my words and to feel into myself if this if those words still resonate with me. Yeah, we are spiritual beings, but we're here to have a human experience. Like what a blessing it is to feel all that we are able to feel, the highs and the lows, to make love to others, to make love to life, to be here. Like what a blessing it is to be here. That if you were to ask me, like, what does spirituality mean to you? It's my breath. It's my ability to breathe, to breathe into all of me, to allow myself to express the full spectrum of my human. And in that, I can accept others and their full expressions of their humans. It's like if my friends come to me and they're in a bad mood or they're feeling down, they're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not in the best mood. I said, no, welcome. I welcome this. This is how you are right now. And because I can accept myself through all of my different phases, how you are doesn't affect me. I'm just here to be in this space with you. So when it comes to that, it's recognizing that this is my favorite analogy. I'm going to use this to express, to explain. I love analogies. When you look at a rainbow, a rainbow appears real, but it's not real. And the colors of the rainbow are our identity, our experiences, our projections, our preferences, our biases, our conditioning. Those are the colors of the rainbow. But we all know that a rainbow is a reflection of the lights. We don't negate the rainbow. We admire the rainbow. But the rainbow appears real, but it's not real. So when you understand that you, as a human, the hues the colors, the full spectrum, when you understand that you are nothing but a reflection of the light, that you are 
light expressing itself as all these colors, you start to accept yourself and you realize like, yeah, some days I might feel down. Some days I might feel happy. Some days it might snow. Some days it might rain. But I know that the sun is always going to come again. Sun is always going to rise again. So it's learning to love every season, learning to love every cycle, learning to love the weather. Another analogy, you are the sky. You are this infinite, expansive, limitless, timeless nature. And regardless of if it snows, if it rains, if there's a tornado or a hurricane, if there's sun, if there's clouds, the sky is always there. Whether there's a rainbow or not, the light is always there. Right. So if we can go beyond how we perceive and what we perceive, what is there? And this is not something I can I can say to you or tell you or tell the listeners, but I encourage you to ask yourself that question and to discover what is underneath. Because all things perceived come and go. So what remains? That's such a powerful question. When you really sit down with yourself and you ask yourself that, you know, we're talking about admiring a rainbow, but when was the last time like you admired yourself? I don't know if it's just this wanting to not feel like you're, you have ego or anything like that, but when was the last time like we truly admired ourselves and everything that we've gone through, everything we've overcome this past year and everything that is yet to come, honestly, what have you personally been moving through this year? You know, for me, I've just been having this I don't know if I want to call it a tug of war with time, but it feels that way sometimes. I try not to allow that to get into my head. But, you know, we came from 2020 where we felt like the entire world was on a pause. And then 2021 came up and I feel like within this year, it felt like it was like the catch up year, trying to catch up on everything that was quote unquote lost on the prior year. You know, I'm trying my best. Like I read so many books about being in the present moment, understanding what it means to be in the present moment and living in the now that I feel like the more I do that, the less of an impulse I have to look forward in my life, which makes me feel like there's like this stopwatch counting down. And I and I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling of like, it's like you want to you wanna look forward to your future. I get that. But there's a difference of just look, looking forward to it and actually just like agonizing over it and worrying over it. And then all of a sudden, like the whole idea and the concept of time kicks in. And then like, yeah, I feel like somebody just turned on a stopwatch and there's this race that I never agreed to run in. I don't know if what you could tell people that maybe are struggling with that, with just, you know, having a better relationship with time or should we even focus on time at all? Because I see you smirking. So I can't wait to see what you have to say about this. I I love your response to Sarah, but I just, I feel like you're somebody that grounds me because you yourself are grounded. And I need that because sometimes my mind, you've talked about this in the first episode, the monkey mind. Sometimes it's just, it's skipping between the past and the future. Sometimes it makes a little pit stop in the present, but it's always between the past and the future. And it's like, I really want to ground myself, just like you even said, focus on my breath, focus on the fact that I'm alive today, that I'm alive this very second. Like I'm existing in this second. I've yet to exist in the next second and that would be considered my future. So what have you personally been moving through this year? And have you ever struggled with the concept of time, especially when you're on the journey that you're on? I want to thank you for sharing with me because I, I can feel that came from the depth of your heart and it's in my space and the space that I hold and share. It's all emotions, all vulnerabilities are welcome. That's strength, that's power. So I want to just take a second to honor you for sharing that because I smirk because that was basically what I moved through this year was recognizing the chaos of my mind and how attached I was to it. What I've come to realize is if you're waiting for your mind to be 
still to find peace, you're going to be waiting a lifetime. It's about recognizing that when it rains, there's still the sky. The mind is loud and chaotic. There's still you. You are right here. You are that stability. You are that foundation. You are that groundedness. But recognizing that the chaos can exist without that stillness. So even when there's chaos, there's still stillness. Even when there's um, noise, there is still silence. But if we're waiting to have a silent mind and a still mind to find peace, we're going to be waiting forever. Um, When it comes to time, time is like the rainbow. It's real, but it's not real. If you are having an internal conflict with time, then you're simply just having an internal conflict. Because I believe that the world is me and time is me. Because there's a difference between world and earth. So right now, you are operating in the rhythm of the world, not the rhythm of earth. So when we operate in the rhythm of the world, those are all societal programming and conditioning that we are behind or that we're ahead and that we have to five year. I remember I used to get asked that question in job interviews. What's your five year plan? I'm there like, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. It's the difference between operating from here and by here they can't see me. So operating from the mind versus operating from the heart. The mind sees time. The heart doesn't. The heart is just this open, expansive field. What I've realized that where my work lies is helping people shift from existing within their minds to existing within their hearts. And I say that because that was my personal journey this year, was this mind of mine became so loud that I had no choice but to sit with it. Um, And I remember there was a moment after um, I was at the water temple and I cleansed and I was just sitting there and there was so much peace just emanating from my being. And I'm just sitting there just witnessing, just listening to the bird, watching the trees sway from side to side. And then my, my mind started to go into this loop and I'm looking at my mind like, where did that come from? I'm like, how am I feeling so much peace in my body? Yet my mind is trying to convince me otherwise. (laughs) Yes, story of my life. Right? And that's when I realized, oh my God, even when this is this mind of mine is chaos, I'm still at peace. And it's me identifying or attaching to whatever is moving through my mind. That's what creates my struggling. That's what creates my pain. That's not to say I won't feel sadness or I won't feel anger or I won't feel frustration because those are the the colors of the rainbow, but I don't need to identify with these things. So when it comes to time as well and anticipating the future, when we're rooted in the heart, there's no past and future, right? When we're in the mind, there's only past and future. What I would suggest is when you notice yourself in that, I'm seeing like a hamster wheel, like that energy, right? Ask yourself, like, where am I running to? right? Because that is just taking us away from accepting where we are right now. The worrying about the future is the fear of the unknown of what's to come and what will be, right? Which creates resistance. And this goes back to what we said um, at the beginning was you're focused on what you want and how you want your life to be that you anticipate the future and get worried about it and get stressed about it. But what if you actually gave yourself permission to lean into the unknown and following your natural rhythm, the rhythm of the earth, not the rhythm of the world, 
and see from there what will begin to arise. Because when we are in a space of resistance and we're trying to figure things out from a space of resistance, we create more resistance. We fear the unknown, but I, I said this before and it's coming to me again, but the unknown is home because there's no word that can describe the existence that we exist in and what we are. And you were talking about like running to, and I was thinking about running from. That's something that I feel like I'm also constantly trying to do is run away from repeating what I've gone through in the past. And I want to thank you about describing time because maybe my fight and my resistance isn't with time. It's an internal conflict of, like you said, societal pressures that, you know, we think that it's easy just if we say, no, I'm not going to repeat, not going to give into societal pressures. But the whole not giving in is a fight in itself. And it's a daily fight and it's a daily struggle because when it comes to your mind, it's really hard to pick apart what your true thoughts are versus what everybody else is telling you to think or where or how their voices and opinions like literally live run free almost in your mind. And you talked about the notion of our heart. And the other day, you know, we said like, instead of asking each other, how are you? What about asking your loved ones, friends, even strangers, how is your heart these days? Oh, I feel like that's just such a deeper and much more intimate question that I feel like everybody really like really wants to answer because I feel like that's when we can kind of open up. And for me, when I asked my own self that, how's your heart these days? I've realized and I've shared this uh, with listeners uh, recently that like for a while now, for the past few months, even probably for the entire year, I've been thinking a lot about my younger self. She just keeps coming to mind and I keep thinking about her. And I realize in the moments that I do think about my younger self are the moments, the present moments of today that I really want to be held, that I really want to be consoled. Because if you were to tell me like, you know, that that question everybody asks, like, what would you tell your younger self if you had the chance? I honestly don't have words. All I want to do is just hug her, just hug her tightly. And it's not that I want to even tell her everything's going to be okay. It's just, I just want to hug her and console her. And I feel like the times, the present moment, in the present moment, when I'm thinking about my younger self, I realize it's because I'm having that connection where it's like, or that need of wanting to be also hugged and consoled and feel like somebody's there for me. And I think that's when the younger version of me, I think about her and I think about her often. And I feel like I've thought about her so much this past year. So when someone asks me like, how is my heart? Honestly, these days more than ever, like I'm just longing for conversations that give me space to be vulnerable, to be myself, and to also accept and receive somebody else's vulnerability because we all have it. We just don't know if there's a safe space where we can share our feelings and our thoughts. So it's just to be that space for somebody. That's how I feel. That's where my heart is. Like I want and need that connection, that true human and spiritual connection with others. So I want to ask you, Sarah, how is your heart these days? And what is your relationship to your younger self? Have you ever found yourself in moments of like thinking about her? And do you know why? At least for me, I felt like those were the moments where it came up and why I was thinking about my younger self. Oh, to answer your question about my heart, my heart is just free. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it just feels free to express. When it comes to uh, my younger self, I don't see any separation. That whatever, if that is what's arising for you. So sometimes when it comes to healing, right, we think we have to do like all of this, like I have to do all this healing, I have to do all this healing. But when we actually start to tune into our hearts and move to the rhythm of the earth, it will appear when it, when it appears. It will appear when it appears that this 
need to heal. It's almost like we're, we're a dog chasing its own tail. There's no end to it. For me, a big shift that happened was recognizing as long as I'm in this energy of like, I need to heal, I need to search, I need to seek, I'm actually moving further away from myself. So what's arising for you in this moment is, you know, I've been feeling into um, my younger self and I just want to hold her. Then my love, take a night and hold yourself. Look in the mirror, talk to yourself. Talk your deepest vulnerabilities, your deepest fears, right? What hurts your heart? What makes you happy? Share this with yourself, right? Because when it comes to us being able to be vulnerable with others, to hold space for others, to feel safe, we have to feel safe within ourselves. It always starts with us. That's the role of like, you hear this talk a lot, like uh, the masculine and the feminine energies. That's the role of our inner masculine. That's the pure presence, the pure awareness, being able to hold the pillar. So the feminine energy, which is more the tornado type energy can be held, not tamed or not caged, but held, but grounded and rooted. So in order for us to be and welcome energetically to be received and to give, we have to be doing that with ourselves because it gets to a point where you don't see giving and receiving. You just see sharing, right? So it has taken me some time, experiences, of course, because that is why we experience experiences to help us awaken to the fact that we are love itself. We are life itself. It just feels like having a conversation with a friend. And I feel like if all of our interactions were like that, if we had the ability to see through the lens of our hearts and not the lens of our identity, we would be able to see everyone that we relate to, the rainbow, the trees, people as their being, not as their actions or their projections or their reactions. But I do believe it comes to accepting our own <laughs> projections and reactions because that is a part of the human experience. It's important to be able to honor your own vulnerability and your own sensitivity, your own emotions, feeling safe within that expression before you can feel safe to express it to others or to the world. Because I'm currently in a space now where I don't need, I don't need you to receive me. But if I feel pulled to express, I'm going to express because I am my own pillar. And I love that because I think, you know, for the longest, especially when you've gone through whoever is listening, that's gone through probably any, anything that, you know, has really impacted them that for the longest we've seeked spaces to be seen, to be received, to be heard, to be held. And I think where I'm trying to grow to the point of where you are right now, being your own pillar, not being a victim of your circumstances, but being able to stand on your own two feet, because I don't want my past to still be part of, I don't know, it might always be part of my identity, but I don't want it to be all of my identity. I want to be able to grow. I want to be able to just like release and just shed what was and just allow myself to become what I'm meant to become. And what I've realized a lot lately, again, like back to time is just like, I feel like what's meant for me, quote unquote, I feel like it's always on a delay, but is it truly on a delay or is it part of divine timing? So that's something that I'm also kind of going through the motions with that. I shared with you, I think off mic about this thing that I read about, like the butterfly, not fly swatter approach to life, where you're standing in this meadow, in this beautiful meadow. In one hand, you have a fly swatter. In the other hand, you have 
this net that catches butterflies. And you're so consumed with swatting out the flies, which represent your limiting beliefs or just anything that's negative or whatever. And then you're also consumed on the other hand of catching the butterfly, anything that's good, anything that's going to impact you in a positive way, anything that brings you happiness. And so we're just like constantly swatting and catching, swatting and catching that we're not realizing like who we are in the present moment and just being able to appreciate the fact that you're even just standing in this beautiful meadow. And I feel like oftentimes we're just so consumed about like where we want to be and what's meant to be and how to avoid this and how to receive this that we are not realizing like you said just being in this moment and just the the ability and the gift to be able to breathe in this moment it's much easier said than done how can we get to that point of just focusing on where we are right now in this point I know a lot of us are like you know we've reached the end of the year how can we just stay in this moment and understand that what's meant for you maybe isn't actually delayed that everything is part of divine timing that you're actually standing in the right place and right time surprisingly but how can we receive that and how can we receive the packages that are waiting for us at that right time at that right place when we are getting there yeah it's um it really comes down to accepting acceptance yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's like even that energy, like I have to stay in the now, I have to stay in the present is forceful. If you can feel that, can you feel that? Like yeah. with yourself, like I know within my journey, like I felt that a lot. I was like, oh my God, I wasn't present. I have to stay present. And then I'm judging myself for not being present, which is then more resistance and more mental, like mind energy, right? I remember when you were speaking, I just remember all the moments when I was in Bali with my forehead to the earth, praying, strip me, take it. I'll take everything. Like even saying it now brings emotions to my eyes. It's like, take it all. I am tired. I am tired. Take it all. But I was ready to leave it all. So my question for you is, are you ready to leave it all? Are you ready to cut the chains from the past so you can live more openly? Because there's guards up where we feel stiff and we feel Height and we feel like we are going against the current, but it's like, how willing are you to let it all go? How willing and ready are you to give it all up, right? Not give up, but give it all up. I can't tell you exactly what happened and what shifted. It just dissolved because energetically I was ready. I got to a point where I had no choice. I was mm-hmm. done. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I was done. Bali did hit me hard, but it's such a blessing. I look back in so much reverence because I wouldn't be so rooted in my heart if it wasn't for all of that uh, turmoil. It almost felt like I was in the trenches of my own war. That's what it felt like. I was in the trenches of my own war. And through that, I had no choice but to discover what was underneath, right? And I was able to discover that not because I wanted it, but because energetically something just opened, right? I had no control over that. The only thing that I wanted was to not have control anymore because it was causing me too much turmoil that I was ready to give it all up. And sometimes even when the mind gets loud now, I find myself with my forehead to the earth to just be with it. So it's not running away from and not trying to always be in this now moment. Yeah. (laughs) It's just accepting where you're at and that being enough and loving that. Like we think sometimes 
So silly. But we think that there's only beauty when the sun's out. But if you go into nature and you actually take time to look at nature, there's creation and destruction happening simultaneously. Without the rain, flowers wouldn't blossom. Again, looking at nature, everything, I always go back to nature. It's the greatest teacher. I wouldn't even call her a teacher, like the priestess um, in Bali, my my Bali mama. I would always say to her, what can I do? What can I do? What are the answers? And she was like, sit and watch the butterflies. Watch the water. Learn from the water. Learn from the trees. This is what she would say to me. And I was like, you can't give me some journal prompts or um, some like energetic practice to do. And she was like, none of that is needed. Sit there and watch the birds, watch the trees, learn from the water. And I was like, I don't know what she's saying. But then I realized as well, like one of my favorite books is Siddhartha. I remember it's coming to me right now, but I remember there was like Siddhartha himself was on this, his whole life on this road to enlightenment, doing all of these different meditations, trying all of these different practices. And then he dipped his toes into the physical world where he fell into like desire and lavish lifestyles and all of that luxury. And then he met a man who all he did was he would just watch the river all day. And next thing you know, enlightenment, he didn't do all this practice, all this stuff. He just watched the water and something just shifted. And it's that simple. We try to do all these things, seeking something, achieving the next thing to feel fulfillment when fulfillment is already all that is. It's already here. But can we see it? Are we too busy focusing on the future, focusing on the past, trying to figure things out that we're actually missing it completely. So like I said, I don't have an answer. <laughs> but that is an answer. And I think that's what I what I needed to hear. The work that you do, Sarah, is incredible. It allows you to connect to so many people while also some, you know, connecting to yourself as well. And I want to talk about the power of connection and relationships. You know, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately as well as the year is coming to an end, like the relationships I've formed, the relationships I've shed, the relationships I've learned from, even if they were brief. And just in general, like how relationships are purpose partners, that there's no such thing as a neutral relationship, that anybody you meet is not an accident, but they have a purpose in your life, even if it is for a brief moment or maybe for the rest of your life, who knows? But it's just interesting when I think about relationships and something that I read was like, it's difficult to determine what relationships we want or what we want from relationships if we don't know what season of life we're in or what do we need right now in this moment. And there is a connection between, yeah, what season of life am I in and who am I connecting with in this moment? And it's interesting because like the different seasons that come and go, I am connecting with different people and, and, and I actually appreciate them and I appreciate these relationships because they really just like allow me to think, they allow me to feel. And I wanna talk about relationships and you have a beautiful relationship analogy that I would love for you to quickly share. And I guess like, what is your thought process on the power of connection and how important it is that we continue to connect with one another? It's incredible that we have these virtual abilities to be able to connect because I would have never been able to see you, Sarah. But then it's like, how can we stay in connection? There's this a lot of talk of just like, I guess, being good on your own. And yes, you can. We just talked about that. But it's also like, how can we make space for other loved ones that can be part of our journey? And just connecting with them. When it comes to relationships, not even relationships, connection. Like we we are here to connect. We are here to connect with everything 
all things, right? That's what we're here for. But when it comes to relationships, every human at their core wants to love and to be loved. However, you notice, and I'm sure if you look back in your experiences, when there's a lack of love within yourself, the relationships that you form are all rooted on codependency. There's something that you're giving me that I'm not giving myself. That's why my focus is all about being rooted in yourself. That's not me saying I'm good on my own. I don't need no one. No, no, no. that's not me saying that at all because I'm here to connect. The work that I do at Soulful Soleil and also when I work um, with humans, the basis is about connection. It's about let's open the heart. Let's talk. Let's sit in silence. Whatever needed in that moment, let's allow that. But I'm here to connect. However, there was times in my in my journey, my experience where that need to connect was coming from a space of lack within myself. It was coming from me running away from myself. It was coming from something or someone was giving me something I wasn't giving myself. But all of those relationships brought me to a space of loving myself. So again, deep reference for all of those experiences, no matter how chaotic, I guess that seems to be the word of the conversation that I keep using. It mirrored to me where I was existing within lack and where I wasn't loving myself and honoring myself. And when it comes to our healing, one of the hardest things to move through is that all the anger that you feel, all the sadness you feel towards other people is actually how you feel towards yourself for neglecting yourself, abandoning yourself. I believe that Every relationship is purposeful. Every relationship, even the codependent ones, they are purposeful because that is what you are needing to experience to return back to love. Connecting, we stay connected to others through our connection to ourselves because it's like what I said um, before, it's not giving and receiving because when you give and receive, it's like, oh my God, I have to give or oh my God, I have to receive or oh my God, I'm receiving and then it's hard to receive. But when you are overpouring with love, you don't see giving and receiving. You just see the sharing. That connection naturally just happens because you're not needing the connection to happen for you to receive something. It's just happening because there's so much to just share that you want to share, right? That you want to connect, but needing to connect because there's something lacking within yourself is just something to be aware of. Not saying that's wrong, not saying it's bad because, hey, that's what brought me here. So I honor that. That is a part of our journey. It's a part of the process. And sometimes I have to ask myself is, okay, are you seeking connection right now because you don't want to face um, an emotion that's coming up or a thought that's coming up in this moment, right? Because we have that, I feel like we have that tendency. I don't know if it's been taught or learned a lot of us where when we're going through something, the first thing that we do is call someone as opposed to just taking a moment and sitting with it. And we call someone to almost validate us or to tell us what we want to hear, as opposed to sitting with it, getting clear with ourselves on how we feel before we go to someone and speak on it. That's a great point because I was reading lately, recently about trust. And you brought up a great point because there's nothing wrong with having a circle of family and friends and loved ones who are there for you that you can seek their guidance and whatnot. I mean, that's what we kind of always ran to before therapy even existed. So we went that route. But it's also 
you have to also be careful with that because if every time you are faced with a hardship or a painful experience or resistance in life and what you do first and right away is seek help from others, you're almost sending a message to your brain that you can't stand on your own, that you can't trust yourself, that you have to put your trust and reliance on others first and foremost before you rely on yourself. So it's like if you're constantly doing this, you're constantly feeding your brain, your mind that you are not equipped to deal with things on your own, that you have to seek help first. So it's like, it's that self-trust, that balance. And I, I kind of want to talk about trust and relationships, you know, the shift of energy. You know, now a lot of us talk about losing trust in someone. We talk about how to gain trust. But when you lose trust in someone, I think it's a very difficult thing to experience because you still want this person in your life. And it's not like they did something extremely harmful to you because obviously you still want them in your life. But now there's a strange energy between you and them because trust is now kind of it's it's been weakened. How do you come back from that? How can we even understand like the shift of energy between us and somebody else? This might be a difficult question because I feel like it might vary depending upon the situation, depending upon why you lost trust in that person, depending upon who you are and who they are. How does trust go hand in hand with the power of connection and vulnerability? Like where does trust play a role or how does trust play a role in all of this? Like where does trust come in? And even when the work that you do, Sarah, like you have to build this sort of trust probably between you and your client. And I hate to, to say the word client because honestly, like the first time I spoke to you, I felt like a friend. I felt like this strong connection to you. So I didn't feel like I was a client. The way I can openly talk about myself and what I'm going through and just open my heart to you, I would never consider myself a client. Yeah. It's uh, that word. I have resistance using it because it's like, I'm in this space with my work that I trust the universe to bring to me those who are ready. And with that, there's no force. And to me, they're not clients. They're just souls. They're just humans. So I love that you said that because I feel the same way. It's like the space that we share is too sacred to use the word client. Um, but then I have to ask myself, like, why are you resistant with that word? Yeah. <laughs> Right? It's a lot. It's, a lot. It, it's again, it's not really an exchange. It's a sharing. And I feel like client, that word comes in, consumer, those come in. I have a business background. Yeah. <laughs> Words come in when you're doing an exchange, right? It's like the difference between networking, networking and connection. When you're networking, it's because there's something that can benefit the both of you. Connection is simply just connecting. Ah, trust. Um, it's interesting with the people that I work with. It's not about building trust. I feel energetically they either trust me or they don't. If you didn't trust me, and not you specifically, but someone, then they wouldn't work with me. It's like I had, I had a beautiful woman that I worked with recently. She didn't even know me. She came up to me. I, I heard you do this. I said, yep. She goes, I want a book. She just knew intuitively. She just like, I don't know why, but I just, yeah. So for me, it's about the energy. Going back to what you said about when we speak about friends and family and trust, something that I feel called to share this, but something I've been doing recently is when I do open up to a loved one with how I'm feeling or what I'm moving through, I start to pay attention to how I feel when I leave. If I feel more consumed by my emotions or more stressed, I'm trying to find the words, more um, more intense, like my emotions have intensified, then I know that the person on the other side is not in their heart, at least in that moment or in their heart in general, to be able to meet me there. When I speak to someone who is, I notice that when I leave, all my emotions dissolve. It's like, it just dissolves. It's like, I feel lighter. So when people leave me in sessions, they will dissolve. They will feel lighter. When it's like, 
mind to mind, more chaos. When it's heart to heart, dissolve. So when it comes to trust, I do feel in my heart that when the trust is lost between a relationship, I have to ask myself, am I holding on because of my attachments? Because trust is the basis of all relationships. And it's also coming to a space where you can still love someone and connect to them. It just might look different because what they did, how they treated you has nothing to do with you, but their own inner conflicts and their own wounds and their own traumas. So it's holding that. And once, of course, working through what you need to work through emotionally, but getting into a space where you recognize that however you treated me, thank you, because it brought out my own wounds that I need to face. I can love you and hold compassion, but for my own well-being, it might look different. I think sometimes we hold on to certain things because of our attachment to people that we try to put that puzzle piece in places it doesn't belong. Because I believe that life really does take care of itself. That doesn't mean trust can't be rebuilt, but I think it does require a certain level of self-responsibility, accountability, and understanding. And you'd mentioned the relationship analogy. So I'm, of course, how the universe works. We're coming full circle. Relation is two people relating to each other and a ship is a physical ship. If two people are not showing up in self-accountability, responsibility, and understanding, that ship is going to sink. That ship will sink. I I think, yes, we both needed to exhale because, oh my gosh, I could speak to you for hours, Sarah. You know, I've shared with my listeners, like I'm in this transition phase of, you know, I was seeking traditional therapy and I absolutely loved it. Oh my God. Shout out to all the therapists out there, honestly, that go into this work and want to help others when they even themselves seek their own therapy. It's it's a lot, but it's, it's so beautiful to just have people like that and have my own personal therapist. So I was able to just finally open up about everything I've gone through and I've done the work and I'm in such a better space of like now understanding what has happened after I've dismantled it, after I've understood it. But now I'm ready for the next stage of healing in my life. And that's like seeking help through you and just being able to have these, like you said, heart to heart conversations. And you're so right. It is, it's, you know, when it came to therapy, like I was, yeah, I was using my mind a lot. I was kind of like unraveling about everything that I've gone through, trying to, you know, go through the timeline and all that stuff, which was necessary work. Like I needed to do that, but I'm so ready for the heart to heart conversations. I'm so ready for these type of conversations. I want to continue evolving. I want to continue growing spiritually in every aspect and every which way possible. And, you know, sometimes I always think about like, how do we know that the healing is working? Do you ever get that question? Like, how do I know that the healing is working, that I'm on this healing journey and and I'm moving forward and I'm not being stagnant? And for me, there's something I read that I resonated with a lot. It says the less we feel like ourselves in the moment, the more we are growing into this future version of ourselves that where we're meant to become. And I think a lot of times when you're on this healing journey and you're going through these moments of just being uncomfortable and chaotic, you're actually on the right path. You're you're actually on the right path. So, and another thing that I also I'm trying to do is, you know, because I feel like I've always just been a fighter. I've always had to fight. I don't know, again, because of just also being the oldest sibling and coming from the culture that I come from, being a woman in today's society. And I'm like, can I just, can I just have a hardship come in my life where I just accept it and not have to fight it? And I feel like that's where I'm at right now. And personally for me, I feel like that's where the healing is working for me, that I feel like I don't always have to show up with my balled up fists. Rather, I need to just open up my hands, palms up and just receive what I'm meant to receive, whatever lesson I'm meant to receive from this hardship. So instead of fighting, I want to be 
like you said, just the whole theme of this conversation, just accepting, accepting what I'm meant to accept in this moment, in this hardship, whatever it is. I don't always have to show up with balled up fists ready to fight. I, I need to just reach a place in my life where I can just accept. And like you said, just let out that sigh. How does it look for you personally when you feel like the healing is working? I mean, Maybe it doesn't even really take on a form, but like accepting everything and not having to fight. And and the less we feel like ourselves, the more we're actually becoming who we're supposed to become. Expecting life to not have its downfalls is like expecting the rainforest to not have rain. That it's not about having this perfect life where everything is always going to be smooth. That's not going to happen. That's just not the nature of life. It's finding and discovering that you are the constant, that all things, everything else come and they go. So it's learning to hold yourself down (laughs) when the highs and the lows appear, right? Because we have this tendency that when things are really, really high, we are really, really high and happy. And I think as soon as things are not so good, we're really, really low and anxious and afraid and scared learning to see those highs as equal to the lows. So you exist in neutrality, you exist neutral, but you're still able to express. There's just no attachment to the expressions and to the experiences. When you feel like you always have to fight, 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 it goes back to how safe do you feel within yourself to soften? How safe do you feel within yourself to soften? When we are fighting against life, we're going against the current. Again, there's no answer to it. It's one of those, it will get to a point where you are so tired of going against the current that you just throw your paddles and you just sail. We think about healing. We think about it. And there's nothing to really think about. It's more about how you feel. When people leave conversations with me, connections with me, most of the time I'm receiving, I feel so peaceful. I feel more grounded. I feel safe. I think of myself on my journey when I would go through different experiences. And those were the feelings that I would feel, not always, but those were the feelings that I would experience where I was like, okay, how can I marinate more in this? Because when you start to feel those feelings, it it's like being in nature again. You feel so much peace. You feel so uh, open. You feel so calm. There's a reason for that. That is your natural state. So speak to more people, be in more places that make you feel that. So you can begin to remember that that is your natural way of existing. That is the rhythm of the earth, not the rhythm of the worlds. A lot of the times as you're healing, you don't see it until you're out of it. I remember when I was at in Bali and I was at the temple every day, cleansing every day. It's like so much has changed, but nothing did. And I didn't realize how much I actually shifted until I came back home to Canada. And I was like, whoa. So sometimes when you're in it, you can't really see. It's just trusting in yourself and in your your own internal guidance that you are receiving exactly what you are needing. And that is something that I have on my website as well. And what I always say is we're not here to set intentions. We allow what needs to come up to come up. And together, we clear it. And you will receive exactly what you are needing and to trust in that. I don't know how to express this to the listeners. Like, I'm serious. Like, I absolutely love every conversation we've ever had. I love the way I felt after every conversation. It was just such a beautiful connection every time that you and I do connect. I just want people to better understand the work that you do, what it is that you offer, 
And again, like you said, if people are inclined to to meet you and to connect with you, I think that's just incredible. And But I would love for people to know a little bit more about you. They want to seek. I know some of my friends did. So it's like incredible that, you know, I, I see like my friends connecting with one another. I, it honestly means the world to me. I love it too, because any friends of people I've connected friends of mine. When it comes to the work I do, it's nothing that I do. It's just who I am. And my responsibility is to get out of the way that I can show up as best of service for you. I have this on my website and it's just so funny because I love that the words on my website are exactly how I speak. I'm not going to tell the listeners why they should work with me and how I can heal them. No, this is about you tapping into your heart. Here's a little opportunity. You to tap into your heart and to feel into my words, my energy, and not just me, but anyone that you want to work with. It's not about what they do. It's not about how flashy their website is. It's not about their credentials and how much money they make. It's about, do you resonate with their energy? Does their energy reflect to you who you are and who you want to be? And I trust that those who feel the resonance, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. And for those who don't, there's also a reason for that. And that is perfect and beautiful. So I do encourage that if anyone is going to go, whether it's a therapist, you know this with therapy, it's like you want to make sure you actually feel your therapist and that they feel you, that you have a connection with any work that you're doing. Use it as an opportunity to tap into your own heart and your own intuition and feel as if it's a match for you. It's not what someone can do for you. It's like, do you feel this person or not? I love that advice because when you really think about it, Sarah, like people are coming to you sharing personal stories, personal feelings, like they're opening up and this is very intimate. Like, you know, it's it's very difficult sometimes for people to open up. So it's like, it's not what this person can do for you when you open up, but it's just, can you even open up in the first place to this person? Do you trust them to be able to open up with your story and whatnot? Because I think that's that's a lot. That's, that's a huge accomplishment to be able to even like want to go out there, seek help, better understand yourself and to develop this relationship with your therapist or whoever it is. So I'm just extremely excited for the next phase of my personal journey of better understanding myself. I remember reaching out to you. It was like, yeah, at the beginning of the year and just like coming across your page. And it's just like, I, I didn't know you, but I connected with you. I'm like, I need to have this girl on my podcast. We need to have a conversation. The first conversation we had, I'm like, I just admire you. I admire the work that you do. I admire you for coming on the podcast and for always sharing your anecdotes and, and your wisdom and, and your knowledge, your knowledge, and for us to hopefully apply that knowledge so it can become wisdom. So I really, really want to thank you so much, Sarah. And I really hope that people do check out your website, check out who you are. And like you said, they on their own can tell if they resonate with you or not. I mean, even after this conversation. So I'm just excited for what the future holds for you and there's just so much more to come from you, but you're truly a gift. Like you're honestly a gift to me because in those chaotic moments of my life and I get on a phone call with you, it's just, I'm in a whole different realm. And that's the type of realm that I'm seeking right now in my life is just less resistance, more acceptance, less fighting, more so palms up and just receiving what I'm meant to receive. Reflection of what you are, a reflection of who you are. Something to preface, like I'm very ordinary, right? I'm not special or have special gifts. I'm just Sarah. And I feel the more that we allow ourselves to be who we are beyond who we think we are and beyond who society told us we are, our own gifts come to the surface when we allow it to and we stop fighting. So I just want to preface that because I try to be very 
cautious of making it clear that this is not a hierarchy. This is not a teacher-student. This is not a codependent relationship. This is simply a reflection. And we're in this together. We are in this together. Look at the vulnerability and the conversations that you hold and the space that you you make for people to feel understood and related to. It's so important that we understand that I have different experiences in life, but the pain that we feel and the joy that we feel is the same. And you do such a surreal job in allowing your listeners to feel that from you. And your own authenticity is so admired. I appreciate you, Sarah. Honestly, I love you. I seriously love you. Like, I can't stop gushing about you. I love you. I hope like this is just such a great way to end the year on this note, on this conversation. And I'm excited for what the new year holds, but not even just looking forward to the new year. Again, like just where we are right now, I'm just excited about life that we're just even given this opportunity, just even have this conversation, like all these beautiful opportunities, all these beautiful pockets of peace throughout our day, throughout our life. I just want to focus so much more on that and not put so much pressure on the new year to come. Less pressure and just just focusing on what we have right now. And this is a gift. Like, honestly, this is a gift and I don't want to take it for granted. So I really hope that people resonated with this conversation. I hope everyone is in good spirits. I hope we end this year on a good note. To to just uh, say, I guess, I feel the need for the listeners. We're proud of you. Yeah, We're proud of you. Like you are doing the best you can with the tools that you have and take a day, take two days, take some time to honor yourself, to celebrate yourself, to marinate in all of you and to be proud of how far you've come. As we know, the past couple of years have not been easy, but they have been quite transformative for most people. Honor yourself. And we're, we over here are proud of you. That's it. Like mic drop. That's That's the best way to end this episode. Giving flowers to everybody because we all deserve it. But again, me as the host, I appreciate all my guests, especially including you, Sarah, and all the listeners. And this podcast, like I know you continuously give me the flowers, but honestly just would not exist without these conversations and without these beautiful people that come on here and share their stories and their journeys. So I love you, Sarah. And appreciate you. And thank you so much for everything. Thank you. 